Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, guys. And it is time for a new episode on Reggie's Expressions. I wanted to bring it back and tell you guys thank you for listening to my last few episodes so far. I still have it out on all platforms, uh, Spotify, if that's where you get your podcast. It is also on Apple iTunes. It is also on Google Podcasts, so you can also go look there. So thank you so much for listening. And as I said before, it is time for a new topic, okay? So I understand this topic can be quite broad, but because of my experience in choosing to participate in this lifestyle, if you will, and I say that with uh, quotation marks, you guys can't see me do that, but I am in this community, um, which is the LGBTQ plus community. And um, it's something that I walk through you know, daily. And I do understand that this conversation, as I said, is a broad one, and it's not gonna be quelled by just one particular podcast, which over time I'm sure we'll revisit, but I feel like it's important because in this day and age, I still find that people are struggling to accept the gay lifestyle. You know, I don't understand that. People are still, you know, telling us that they don't agree with it and how it makes them feel and, you know, how awkward people are when it comes to, you know, same sex or homosexuality or whatever the case may be. So we're gonna dig a little bit about, mostly about my experience. And hopefully, you know, this can be a teaching lesson to those who don't, um, who aren't in the community. And for those who are in the community to have some solace that maybe our experiences are shared, even though we are different people, there's different things that we go through that are shared among us all. So join me while I go on this journey of talking about sexuality and being gay in this millennium. So when I start this topic, I have to go back and I have to go back to the beginning. And that means going back to when I realized in myself, because it comes up in, in, in spots and flashes, when I realized that I was different. Um, 
I didn't have the language at the time to realize what I was different about. I just knew I felt different. And um, that meant there was an early, I wouldn't say attraction, because again, that was too strong for a kid my age. Um, I remember my first experience being about eight years old. There was this kid named Randy. Don't worry, guys. He's not on my Facebook. I don't know where the hell that guy is right now. There was a uh, kid named Randy that I was really close to. And I remember feeling about Randy a little differently than I had felt about other people. Um, and I, it was it's hard to explain looking back at it now without trying to analyze it myself. But at the time, it just felt like I had this excitement of being around him. It was fun. I enjoyed being around him. Um, and it was just fun times between it, he and I. And that's the, the simplest way I can express it, you know? Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it meant. But other people who happened to be older and they saw the behavior between Randy and I knew that it was different. So the way they would react would be, y'all shouldn't be playing like that, or, you know, what are y'all doing, or doing whatever adults or people who happen to be older would do to make us feel awkward, you know? Instead of sitting down to us and, and, and saying, hey, you know, these things may be inappropriate, or whatever the case may be, it was more of shame. And I think that's really where that started. Again, I was about eight years old, and, at now, looking back at it, I can say that that was probably a crush that I had um, on him. And I liked him in a more romantic way, if you will. But I didn't know that then. And I didn't know how to express that then. But I did get from the people around me that it was not okay. Not necessarily that, you know, it was wrong, but it was not okay. It was not of the norm. And I think that was probably my first experience with feeling the shame of my sexuality, if you will. And once I became aware, it really, it's like Pandora's box, if you will. And I remember people saying things like punk, uh, faggot, um, you know, uh, tom girl, tomboy, um, and things that I didn't quite understand at that age, but I knew as a result of our relationship, Randy and I's relationship, it was those names were being thrown out there to shame me. Now, Randy grew up, became the person he is. I have no idea what happened to that guy. I don't remember him past eight years old, but that was kind of the catalyst of what started that part of me being kind of wiped out. And I don't remember too much until about six or seven. No, no, no. I'll take that back. Until I was about maybe 13 or 14 years old that, you know, these awkward feelings would come up again. Um, and I remember through, you know, grade school, liking girls, having crushes on girls, writing notes and, 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 uh, you know, wanting girls to like me back because that's what I saw, you know, um, seeing my dad with, you know, my stepmom and, my mom, you know, at the time gave me the foundation of knowing a man and a woman should be together. But 
that didn't necessarily align with how I felt because again, I didn't know how I felt. Um, I was raised in a family that we didn't talk about sex. My parents didn't talk about sex things. We didn't get the birds and the bees experience. You know, it was really just learned by doing. Um, so a lot of do as I say, not as I do type thing. No disrespect to them, but that was really kind of the, the, the life that I led. So even if I felt, you know, different, I don't think that my parents would have been the ones I would have went to with being able to express that. So throughout school, I really didn't date a lot or had girlfriends when I was younger. And um, I remember many girls at the time that I liked that rejected me for some reason. And, uh, you know, at the time, I just thought that it was because I wasn't a likable guy. And, you know, the societal tropes of being, uh, you know, good guys finish last and, you know, nerds don't have girlfriends or whatever other things we had going on. I was the screech, if you will. Surprisingly, I know you guys probably didn't know, but I was a little bit of a nerd uh, in school. And, you know, those those pronouns I knew at the time were very hurtful. And as I got older um, to understand what those pronouns were, the more it angered me to be called those names and how I really did my best to not do what people how do you express it? I would try to do the opposite of why people, of what people, well, let me, let me fall back. Let me try to express it. So I'm flushing, flushing this out as I go, guys. So, you know, I, um, join me here. But I remember feeling conflicted about the words faggot and being angry about people calling me that because in my mind and how I've seen that word being used among other people uh, that were being called these words, I didn't identify as that. Like I didn't feel like I was extremely flamboyant. And again, this these are things that were taught just around my surroundings by people using those words and seeing how they would use those words around me to express other people. And then hearing them say that and feeling inside like, that's not me. I don't feel like a boy who wants to be a girl. I don't wanna wear girl clothes, you know, I, you know, play with dolls, but it isn't because I want to be a girl. It's just because, you know, hair is interesting. It's fun. You know, I, I want to try to explore because I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. So, you know, when people would say punk was another word that people said that I hated too. I remember uh, an aunt of mine, um, God rest her soul, um, that she called me um, I was picking up a bucket of water um, because of the, the air conditioners. They had the water, the condensation that would drip out of it and you had to have a bucket and the bucket would get filled so it wouldn't leave this mess. Anyway, I'm going too deep into that. But I remember picking that up and pouring it over the, the, the porch and she's saying to me, you know, punks are usually pretty strong. And, you know, me aligning with, you know, strong and that being a boy thing and girls are, you know, very dainty and all that stuff. I kind of looked at it as her trying to say that I was, you know, being feminine and it just angered me. And I still remember that to that day. I was like 11 or 12 years old at the time. And it's almost as if I'm hearing it for the first time and I see myself 
being stuck in that moment and hearing her say that and kind of scratching my head just wondering why and you know where I'm from adults are to be respected and listened to so if you didn't agree with what they said that was just something you had to keep inside you know I didn't agree and I also didn't feel comfortable with coming up to her and saying why did you say that I just had to internalize how I felt and kind of question you know the you know the reason so I think as a result of that experience came the d denial of it all so that was about 11 or 12 years old um, it wasn't until about 14 uh, or 15 probably when I started to go into high school um, when I started to feel the the feelings of sexuality come up and just kind of you know suppressing it so when I went to high school I noticed at that point that I would see guys and I would say in my mind, oh, he's cute. He's, you know, attractive. And, you know, I would see girls and say the same thing. But, you know, being with the man I knew was never something I could pursue. So I just kind of suppressed it. So, again, I, I like girls um, or what I assumed liking girls was. I'm pretty sure if I got into the psychology of it, I was just doing what my peers did because that was what was normal. But um, I think the denial came from from that that punk incident and I remember feeling like from ninth grade to about 11th grade asexual or that I wasn't really attracted to anybody and that allowed me to you know I guess express oh well he's cute or she's cute or whatever and not feel any type of way but this was just inner dialogue um, I never, I didn't have any sexual experiences in high school, um, and, you know, I just kind of stayed to myself, you know, and my family, we never talked about it. So it wasn't until my, was it junior or senior year? I think at that point, you know, the real world had come out and, you know, Puck, not Puck, but, uh, um, um, what was his name? Pedro Zamora had been on TV. Norman had been on TV, you know, uh, you know, from the real world and understanding what gay was. I think at that point I started to align that I may have been that, but just suppressing it. And then I also had, you know, two good friends who happened to come out. They came out very early uh, at a very early age. And I think seeing them come out, you know, they were about 16 or 17, I think when they came out to their parents and you know, how they were kind of ostracized by their mom and, you know, how she ended up kicking them out. And, you know, they stayed with their dad, who wasn't really too opening about their sexuality um, and kind of the things that they went through. It made me even suppress it more. So that was also what probably put me in the quote unquote closet a little bit longer than I probably would have. But you know, that was the denial aspect of it. And that was something I just kind of kept to myself and I didn't really express or even ask anybody because I didn't have any examples of what that looked like or who I needed to talk to talk to about this. So I just kind of fell back and left it the way it was. And um, I never came out even when I was in high school. But in, in my senior year, I remember toying with the idea that I might be bisexual, you know, because I still found women attractive. You know, even to this day, being 39 years old, I still think women are beautiful. I just, at the time, you know, did not want any more than that attraction. Or maybe the attraction 
I don't really know how to explain it. So I apologize if it sounds crazy, but whatever. Um, this is just my experience. So it is what it is. And um, I remember coming up with the idea of being bisexual. And I remember being in class and writing it down and, you know, saying the word and, you know, feeling really proud of myself that I had, you know, come to grips with that part of my life. But I had only come to grips with that myself. You know, I never had a conversation with my sister, which, you know, we were super close. Um, <clears throat> and um, I never told anybody else. So it was just kind of, you know, just one of those things. And um, I actually ended up having a brother who was struggling with his sexuality, who ultimately ended up ended up coming out, um, you know, for a while or coming out for a while, but coming out. And I remember how that made me feel and how I didn't want I remember hearing my dad kind of talk about, you know, his thoughts on um, <clears throat> my brother, you know, coming out and so on and so forth and how he kind of expressed disdain, if you will. And I remember that making me want to go back in the closet even more because he wasn't too happy about it. You know, um, the religion aspect came up, came about it. And, you know, the influence that religion had on us, man, that's just a whole nother experience. I'm going to talk about that in the next section, but you know, it wasn't favorable. And I just remember people being angry and just not accepting of gay people. And it was really, I think at that time when I was starting to come to grips with my sexuality that, you know, families were starting to disown the people that they loved. And I'm pretty sure that was always the case, but I think that, you know, at that time I was more aware of it, which is probably what put me more in, in denial but I remember how they handled his coming out situation and you know him having to kind of go to Atlanta which you know in my opinion has become the gay mecca of the world and going there to somewhat feel accepted you know with him and his you know partner at the time and you know it just being weird so that probably made me revert you know, back into, you know, feeling comfortable for a few more years. So I, I stayed in the closet and I stayed in denial for a number of years. I actually went into the military and at the time, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a big thing. And, you know, uh, Barry uh, Winchell had just been killed, you know, for being gay and all that other stuff. So that was another thing that made me delay coming to grips with my sexuality even longer um, because I didn't want to be killed. I didn't want to be that guy that everybody talked to or talked about. Because when no one knows that you're gay, you hear all the conversations around you about how others hate gay people. But they don't have the wherewithal or you know the thought process to understand that maybe someone among me could be feeling this way. And because of that, I'm gonna watch my words, you know. But we were all young at the time, but you know, it wasn't until years later that I decided to come out and, um, you know, it just became a thing that I had accepted, but again, I hadn't come out yet because I felt like it was something that was going to change. And, um, it was just a really, not necessarily difficult road, but not an easy one because just being afraid that you were going to lose it all because of this one particular thing about your life that isn't even the whole part of your life, you know? 
And uh, I just wasn't ready to do that. So it wasn't until my late 20s that I ended up coming out. All right, guys, so I'm going to stop it here. Like I said, I knew this conversation was going to be a little bit longer than what I expected. So I decided to do a part two. So my next topic. Oh, to finish on the story, I didn't come out until my late 20s. Um, I was 28 and I met this guy who I thought was going to be it was the shit and all of that. He was beautiful. And I decided at that point that if I wanted to bring somebody I loved at home or bring them home, I had to be honest with my parents and my family about who I was dating. And um, I came out to him. The relationship unfortunately did not work out. And then I wanted to go back in the closet. <laughs> so uh, I was like, I was just playing y'all. Um, you remember when I had said, but you know, that was because again, I, I was really afraid of the, the outcome and what was gonna happen. And you know, I'm really glad I did because where I am today is I'm really comfortable with my sexuality. You know, I'm, I'm married. Um, I love my husband. I adore him. And I have no problem with displaying our love in our complicated uh, situations we have. And one thing I've found out being in this relationship is we have very similar uh, things that happen to us that are aligned in the, the, the heterosexual space. So I'm glad that I experienced that. Um, and I'm glad that I'm at this point that I am now. I know for me, um, it was never about, you know, showing people up or, or, you know, showing people. I just wanted to live my life is ultimately what I was trying to say. And that's what I'm doing with me and my husband now. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to do a part two. And that's going to be specifically about my experience, the black experience, my black experience um religion and so on and so forth so join me next week and i'm not gonna keep you guys waiting for an episode i'm gonna put it out next week and uh you know tell me what you guys think again i appreciate you guys listening this again is my experience i am no expert in any way shape or form this is just my experience and what i went through and hopefully you guys find some entertainment value and my learning as well as you know finding some sense of alignment you know, in, in terms of your experience, you know, with sexuality, if you've, you know, had these similar uh, feelings. So I'm going to end it there. I appreciate you guys. I absolutely love you. And I'll see you guys next week on Reggie's Expression. <laughs>